Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another hopefully exciting episode of Believe in Wizards. I've got Osmond Begg joining me here today. Uh, Oz, it's free agency night, uh, wild one. The Wizards, I, whatever you think of it, did not have the worst free agency. So uh, I think we can take that at a minimum. But most importantly, how's it going? How's your night been? Night's been all over the place, man. Night's been all over. I got, I you know, heard the Kuzma news, which, I mean, anyone who's here right now knows kind of how I feel about it, that I went to like, <laughs> Went to them. My son was like, hey, let's go. I need to get a bullpen. And so I went out to go throw with him, hit me in the shin with the baseball. So, you know, it's oh, just one yeah. of those days. You know? You're uh, you're in it right now, huh? Like I'm in it right now. I'm in it right now. But it's all good. You know, I like, hey, look, at least I'm not a Raptors fan. Yeah. What is, I mean, in Messiah we trust, but also. Are, no, we don't, do, I don't think they do trust we? anymore. I don't yeah. think they trust anymore. There, if, you, if there are any Raptors fans out there listening, let just let us know if you trust them. Because I, I think we dodged the bullet. Honestly, yeah. Like, what? What are they doing? <laughs> like, um, uh, we can we can get onto all that in a minute. Yeah, uh, they've made some right. some really terrible moves. Before we get going, I just want to say, uh, brought to you by the same people we're always brought to you by: Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Iced Teas, Hard Lemonades, Hard Deliciousness. As I heard on Twitter tonight, apparently they're creepy girly beverages. Makes me want to drink them more. I don't know why. Just leaning into that. Apparently, we talk too much about cats and anime and girly beverages. So, I mean, I like virgin pina coladas. So, you know. done, right? <laughs> I mean, think we should, we should just do tonight's whole live pod on those exact topics. If anyone says they don't like a virgin pina colada, they're lying to themselves. They're just lying for public, you know, just for the public sake. Yeah, you know, they're delicious. They're it's the like, most. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're they're designed to taste good. That's the whole yeah. point. Uh, so yeah, we're brought to you by those things. Um, but we're also brought to you by the bet online. It's your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, matchup info, reports, baseball, boxing, golf, tennis, UFC, everything you want on there. Summer league, you can bet on summer league, which is wild to me. Bet on WNBA. If you want to go mystics, bet online continues to be your fastest and easiest way to place all your wagers, including live betting, your favorite casino games, all that good stuff. Head to the website, use our promo code, believe B L E A B for your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet line where the game starts. Okay, we've got that out of the way. Let's talk Kyle Kuzma because that's what the people are here for, presumably. Yeah. Uh, Kuzma back on a four-year, $102 million deal. I, we have talked about this uh, a lot over the last couple of days. I was okay with them bringing him back for the right number. I would have preferred three years, but I, I thought that 25 number is a reasonable number given where, where the other people are at. Anybody follows either of us on Twitter at this point knows that we are on slightly different sides of the fence for this one. But um, as I guess, just what was your initial reaction when you saw it uh, come through other than like smashing your head through your computer screen? I mean, you can see it coming. It's been a few days and kind of the momentum has grown and more and you're kind of thinking, okay, who are the potential suitors for him? And each of those suitors were drying up quickly, even before free agency started. So, and Utah was one, but Utah wanted Porzingis if he opted out. Then from Porzingis, they opted to cut John Collins kind of before the market even free agency even opened. So that removed one. The Harrison Barnes deal, I think, really kind of was like that's the, at least to me, in my opinion, personally, I mean, it's like, oh, shit. I was like, Kuzma might actually be back here. Um, the, I mean, Houston, I think it was Chris Haynes reported yesterday that they were the leading suitor. And I was kind of, I, I personally was hoping that he ended up there. But it's still, that was the only time I had heard Kuzma link with Houston. Otherwise, it's been Van Vliet, it's been Dylan Brooks, it's been names like that. So over the past 24 to 48 hours, at least I've been getting used to the idea of Kuzma being back. You can mentally said, prepare a little bit. for Mentally prepare. For, that, that said, I did, I did not expect four years and I did not expect them to be over $100 million, given that it doesn't seem like there are a lot of suitors out there for him. Now, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know what actually is going on. Like, you know, we're just... We're kind of going with what, uh, what we what we know, unless kind of another front office guy puts up a burner account to kind of just go crazy the last forty eight hours. Um, but yeah, so you know, it's like 
where I'm at is why four years? Why it's like where you bit what I would like to know, and I don't know if we will know, is were they bidding against somebody? Were they that desperate to keep him? What was the exact context here? Uh, or did they just feel like, hey, let's just invest four years in this guy? And, and if they did, why? What was the purpose behind that? I think the idea is, yes, he could be a tradable contract in the future. His timeline doesn't really align with this team's timeline, I don't think. You know, we could see maybe that changes. But um, but why four years, a three-year deal like you had discussed earlier, or even a two, you know, and if you want to flip it around, flip, flip around and trade it, like that maybe has more value down the road. So we, again, we talked about this, but for anybody who hasn't seen either of our general thoughts on this, the reason I liked three is because it, it's team controlled for long enough that I think a team would sell themselves on giving you assets back for it because they can say, all right, if we're getting this guy, we're at least keeping him for two and a half years or two years or whatever the case may be. Uh, whereas if you do like a one plus one, even it's probably not as appealing to somebody that's going to give you any assets for him. So if you're the wizard mm-hmm. doing that, you, you don't get much back in that case. The four years, again, I think is a little rich, but maybe that's to your question. Like maybe, maybe that's what they had to do to get it done. And, and I don't know who that other suitor would, would have been. You heard a lot of stuff about, you know, Popovich wanted him in the past, maybe they're trying to be more competitive this year than people expect. I don't yeah. really know if, if that's the case or not. To be honest, I'm Portland. I would have considered him before I would have given $32 million a year to Jeremy Grant. Like I would rather have yeah. Kuzma. And and we can disagree on who's the better player or not, but Kuz at you know four years no. 102 is way more appealing to me than I think, Jeremy yeah. Grant at five one sixty. Yes, I would do I would take the Kuz deal over the Grant deal, even though I think Grant does offer a little more defensive versatility. But the what worked to Jeremy Grant's benefit is that Dame. Portland is still invested in Dame. They have Jeremy Grant's bird rights, so they don't have cap space. So they pretty much had to spend. Jeremy Grant's been very fortunate to really kind of leverage his situation as well. Like he he leveraged Troy Weaver three years ago to kind of pay him much more than everyone expected. Mm-hmm. And this time he just cashed out. It's like if Kuzma was in Portland in in and swap spots with Jeremy Grant, the contracts would be flipped. So it just was timing and situation was fantastic for Jeremy Grant. I think a Kuzma one, just looking at the other deals, we talk about the Grant one. Uh, Cam Johnson, four years, $108 million. You can say Cam is is younger, only slightly younger, I think, at this yeah. point. And and to me, Kuzma actually gives you more positional versatility than Cam does. And then you see Bruce Brown, two years, $45 million. You know, it's two years, so I think if that doesn't work out well for them, they can do something with it after a year. Yeah. Like, no, no big deal. Uh but they're also not going to be able to like flip him for much, I think, at that number and for for a shorter contract, maybe. Uh, and then you've got Fred Van Fleet, not a comp to Kuzma specifically, but three years, one hundred and thirty million, which is just yeah. wild, wild work to me personally. Yeah, uh, and that's just what Houston had so much money to spend before their rookie started becoming extension eligible. It's again, that's one of those where no one's going to use Van Vliet as a comp because there aren't other Houstons out there, you know. Yeah. So it just it just worked out really well for him that they had interest in him. And that was an option for him. That that just I can't get past that number. Like that, yeah. that's um, that's tough for me. But anyway, uh, to me, Kuzma is a super tradable contract down the road. Like the twenty five million, whatever you want to talk about, the new CBA things like that. The players of his caliber are signed for around that much money. Like they just that that's sort of the going rate for a big switchable wing forward. And I do think he fits the archetype of, of what kind of team they're trying to build or what kind of player they want to build. A guy that could play three through five, can bring the ball up. And I, I think if you look at what Orlando's trying to do with a lot of these big switchable guys, maybe that's a similar sort of um, format to what, what Washington's trying to build. Like, let's say longer term, Tyus Jones isn't you know in your plans as a starting caliber mm-hmm. point guard, but... If you can play a pool at the one or the two, he gives you kind of flexibility there. Koulibaly, if they think he could even be a one, that's amazing. He could probably even guard fours if he continues to grow and put on some weight. And now you've got Kuzma, you're sticking around. Like, I just think that that's, that's probably what we're basing some of this off of, is just their attempt to keep guys that fit their sort of ideals of like what they see modern basketball being. Um, whether the timelines and all that stuff make sense, I think that's something we can continue to talk about so, here a little bit. Yeah, so I just it's, it's really the timeline. He's going to be 28 this season. Sure. Uh, Josh Robin kind of summarizes it. I haven't read the article yet, but I'm just reading his tweet here. 
Uh, and it's kind of it's the link to his article. And agreeing to resign Kuzma, the Wizards may have put themselves back in the situation they spent the last few weeks fixing. And that's kind of where I am. It's like you spent. They operated like there was kind of a gun to their head to get rid off the Beal deal, to get off the Porzingis deal, all to just quickly turn around. Like I like the pool, the Jordan Pool move on a standalone basis, mm-hmm. um, and I still like him on this team. But then you add Kuzma to the situation, so now you have to the scenario. So now you have fifty-five million invested in two guys um, before you even really fully kick this thing off. Do you know what I mean? I get it. Like I actually get your concerns on all of this and, and we'll get into another one here, which I think is also super well-founded. I, like I don't, I'm just not personally as worried about them because yeah. to me trading Beal, you know, a now almost 30 year old guy with limited um, sort of positional versatility. Like he's, he's a two like Beal yeah. is one position, one position only. He's got an injury history and you know, 45 million is just different than two yeah. contracts at 25 million. And that's, and that's sort of fair. where we were with the West, con- like the rest uh, the Westbrook contract of like, right. even just splitting them up gives you a lot more flexibility to try to get off that longer term, which is why I'm just like less stressed about it in a perfect world. You know, if they could have got him for 20 million, uh, you know, three for 60, I'd have been like finger gunning my way through my, my living room, but there must've just been more there that, that we would, not have insight into is, is right. all I can figure. And I'm just trying to give them the benefit of the doubt on that piece. Of now to me, like just me personally, Porzingis was a better player. He signed for two thirty, uh, 30 per two year deal, 30 per deal, 30 per year. I have no idea if that con- type of contract would have been available here. Sure. If given the choice, I would take a two thirty contract for a better player. Although actually, if you think about it, the better player may hurt a draft positioning more. Right. Kuzma doesn't hurt a draft positioning is more which is probably why I have a problem with giving him a four-year deal. Sure. And that's kind of the whole thing. Like Porzingis on a cheaper deal probably hurts our lottery standings more. But we're patting ourselves on a ba- guy on the back for a guy who we've given a $100 million deal, but he's not really going to... He's basically, in my opinion, taking them from kind of being a definitive top five picking team. Now we might be in that top seven-ish range. And although that sounds a minor, like very slight, those four to five wins that a pool, Tyus and Shamit and Kuz, those vets can kind of get you if like Kuz goes on one of his hot streaks. That could be the difference between picking top four and picking number six. And yes, I, the counter argument is, yeah, well, now we have a front office who might be able to pick better. Sure, but you're still not, the elite guys are the elite guys. The Scoot Hendersons and the Victor Wimbanayas and whoever the top guys aren't available at six. They're available top three, you know? So in a rebuild, it's it's just the why, and if it like if he was a more efficient player, if he was a better, like just just a more efficient version of what he what you think based on his skill set he should be, I'd be more more inclined or more into this thing. But it's like for me, the genie's out of the bottle. Like once someone gets more usage, we kind of saw this with Beal. Once he got a taste of more shots of more usage, it never came back down. It never rained in. It only got only he only wanted more and more. So. What, do we expect Kuzma to shoot less next year? No. Do we expect Poole to shoot less next year? No. So, like, you're looking at they averaged 87 shots a game last year. I'd have guessed these two are probably going to average close to 40 shots combined between the two. So, it's, it's just, you know, it's just not my cup of tea for how a rebuild should go. Counterpoint now he's gotten paid. Does he need to force the issue as much as he was, you know, presumably trying to do this year? Well, look at what David Aldridge said was he likes the opportunity to continue to grow his game here. So ideally can be facilitate more. It can be, uh, you know, more as a versatile defender. I mean, like, I I think that's sort of one of the things that gets underrated here is, is you listen to every one of those post games, especially the last third of the season. And every other team's best player said Kuzma was the guy guarding them that they least liked guarding them when you have him in back-to-back nights guarding Trey Young, Dame, and Anthony Simons, like you could easily make the case that he was actually last year's best perimeter defender on team with with Delon and Denny. And to me, like that maybe that's maybe that's how you grow your game. It doesn't have to just be like I'm gonna come in and, and show off more in my bag. Now maybe that's what he means and, and that would be a negative, but my counter to that is, well, if it's just not work, like if it's just not working out and he's doing too much destructive shit, 
why wouldn't they just say like, all right, we got to get you out of here. I mean, like that's, it just seems like that's that they're smart enough to be like, all right, this isn't working. We can get him out of here. And maybe that's what it is. But do you want, like, you don't sign someone for four years with the intention of like, if he just continues to shoot too much or if he does shoot too much, we just get him out of here. So to me, yes, like his defense was better. It was okay last year. It wasn't bad. It was pretty good. Um, but as the season went on, he also shot worse sure. and he didn't, and he didn't rein in his shot selection, mm-hmm. his shot selection as his shooting got worse, got worse. Yeah. Um, and to activate to, I would always see it on Twitter to who's got to activate himself. It activated himself means he took 25 shots to get 25 points, which is, which is basically some shit in my opinion, sure. you know? So it's like, and it's one of those things we saw with Beal once his usage and once his like the points, the chase for points, the chase for those things always will increase. Ideally, yes. If he's came out, not not just said it. I don't need to hear words. I'm tired after the Beal era of hearing words. If he if he actually yeah. with with like his actions show that you know what I'm going to be a point forward. I'm going to be a like 18, 10, and seven player. I'm your Swiss Army knife. Yeah. yeah. If he wanted to be that, I'll be like, that's awesome. If you if you got like someone who who improved his shot diet. Was like, and he can get ten boards a game, and like turn more to like, you know, uh, improved his assist turnover ratio, and got those assists up to like six, seven a game. I would fully be on board with this, completely be on board with this. But I'm afraid it's going to be. I he already led the team in field goal attempts with Porzingis and Beal. Mm-hmm. Why do I think there's no reason for me to think he's going to rein it in when his best teammate is Jordan Poole? It, no offense, Jordan Poole. I'm happy you're here. Does it matter? If he leads the team in field goal percentage or field goal, I think it does because I think it shows like what he thinks of himself and kind of one of the things that you and I have talked about. You said ideally Kuzma is like a great number four, a great number three. Sure. If he's punching over his like weight, like like punching over his weight class, that you're not really gaining, you're not learning anything, you're not gaining anything that's tangible. You're kind of just one guy just featuring himself, which is really my entire issue with the last four years of the Beal era. Do we he care though? Like, because even if he continues to do that, then then maybe he does well and you make him a more tradable asset to flip him. Or he doesn't do well and, and you're not really in any worse boat because at least you've protected the asset in some way. Maybe, but also like if he if this kind of shot hunting style of play attracted that many suitors. I don't think he would have. He would have probably gotten even more money and more suitors this offseason. I don't think Sacramento would have settled for Barnes. I don't think. I mean, we don't know what's actually happening behind the scenes, but there were like eight or eight teams or so with cap space. We don't know which ones actually went after him. Yeah, Utah, I, Utah settled for John Collins, who was coming off a pretty bad season early. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's also a case where John Collins maybe is the better player if he can get back to pre. I broke my finger. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's yeah. a better fit. If you're All Sacramento, the you get Harrison Barnes for basically half of what you can get Kuzma for mm-hmm. in terms of total money. Maybe that's just more palatable for them considering the yeah. the cap situation. So I, I don't know. I, I just think the teams that would value his services most are not the ones that had offseason money for the most part here. And a lot of these teams, maybe there is a situation where you can flip him for a bad contract plus assets later. His money going out, $25 million is actually a pretty good number to have in future trades, I would think. Yeah, it could be. I mean, look, there are options like maybe a New York comes into play. They didn't have tap space this summer. So, like, if, if, the Randall, if the Randall thing bottoms out completely for them and he's just a total nightmare and it looks like the way it looked down the stretch and he's not speaking to anyone on the team and they've got to ship him somewhere, Yeah, do you get Randall... And a future and asset maybe. for Kuzma and Gafford or Monte or whatever the case may be. Like to me, that's that's interesting at least. Yeah, that's the interesting part of this. Can they flip him? Um, because the it's not interesting to me. Like everyone's like, oh, Poole and Kuzma are gonna be so much fun. Both of them struggle with efficiency. Now I'm excited to see Poole because he's young. And I think there's potential there being out of the situation, which was a difficult situation. He was in Golden State after kind of the training camp incident last year, I think there's potential for him to be an ascending player and maybe level up. Mm-hmm. I think with Kuzma, we've kind of seen his usage has increased, but he's kind of been effectively the same player, just at a higher usage, which is not the easiest thing. Not everyone could stay at that same level with a higher usage. So credit to him for doing that. But at the same time, it's 
I like the fun is not in a rebuilding team. The fun is not in those two and Tyus Jones potentially combining for, well, so let's just see. Okay. So if your rotation has Shamit, Jones, Kuzma, Poole, you're probably looking at 55 to 60 shots out of your 87 shots. And how many of those four do you really see being part of this team in three years? I mean, literally the only player I see being part of this team in three years is Bilal. Yeah, agreed. And Maybe that's why I don't really care about the rest of them. Yeah. You're, you're going to get enough opportunities during the rest of the year to see if any of these guys can do anything. I'm not worried if they get a steady 11 I guess we'll see. I'd rather see Bilal. I just hope Bilal gets, an opp- gets a good enough opportunity when he's in. I don't want him standing in the corner. Like, you know, kind of like when Beal got drafted Agreed. here. They kind of just threw him. They they got rid of Crawford quickly, and they kind of threw Beal in and were like, sink or swim, this is our guy. If you really believe in Blah, which they do because they traded up, I don't care if he's young, don't start him right away, but like let him play, let him get touches when he's in. I don't need him in the corner standing around while Kyle Kuzma is like chucking fadeaways against the Detroit Pistons while he's looking at the bench. That's the other part I kind of have an issue with, and this is the old man in me. Sure. It's like this all talk, like let's, you know, it's like let's be a leader, like all this kind of stuff, leadership, yada, yada, yada. Like, the way to play is the way the Heat play, like serious bat, like you know. But not everyone's going to be them. But this that Jimmy kind of Butler still does this shit in, in regular season stuff games and is wagging his fingers and shimmy. Butler has the resume to do it. Butler has a resume to do it. Like I mean, when I mean, one really, of them has a title and one of them doesn't. I'm just I'm just gonna I mean, put that out there. I mean that's fine. But Kyle Kuzma going too small on Randall than Julius Randall like going you need to absolutely that did not age him. well. Yeah, yeah, like you, you know, that. literally scoring like 15 straight points on him and then doing the, the the look away like nonsense. I mean, now that you're the leader of this team, now that this is your team, we better not see out. any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Cut the shit out. That that shit's tired. Don't engage with Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, like his Dinwiddie just keeps talking. Be yeah. better than that now. You don't need to engage with him and tell him you're gonna get a bag in the summer. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Time to yeah. play ball, be a leader if you're gonna talk. <laughs> I totally agree, by the way. If 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 there's a bunch of shenanigans, then you move on quickly. Like then that's yeah. an experiment failed right away. And you look at it solely as we just didn't let him leave for nothing. Like, like yeah. I almost said Ernie, Tommy should have traded him <laughs> at the deadline given. Yes. All, like if they knew any of this was coming, uh, they didn't. So I think this is strictly them saying like, all right, we're going to get something back from this. And they seem even content with, we're getting second round picks back. We're getting, you know, like Ryan Rollins, type guys, like, yeah, uh, Patrick Baldwin's like I'm okay with them doing stuff like that on the margin. So if, even if it just nets you something very minimal in return, like I, I'm still cool with that. But to your point, like I, I just I'm not that worried about Cool Bali playing that much early. Like if he gets 10 to 15 minutes a game and they slowly scale up from there, and he does start out as just like a switchable long defender, which is kind of what he did for you know, the, the Metropolitan's 92 team with, with Victor is, and then they slowly increased the role over the course of his time there. Like I'm cool with that. And maybe that's by the deadline. And you've said, all right, this is, this is where Kuzma goes out. But for all the like clapping back at shenanigans and all that other stuff, some of that is competitive, which I actually do like and, and some amount of edge. Um, But, but every one of those young guys to a man said, this is the dude that took me aside. This is the dude that played one-on-one with me after practice. And and what if it's corny or not, I don't actually care. Like I buy that stuff. And yeah, we've had so many people. You've got Wall and Beal were hazing Otto Porter. Uh, you know, like we asked Jordan Goodwin directly who was mentoring him on this team. And he said KCP and Kuzma. And I said, Well, what about Beal? And he goes, Well, yeah, Beal is also always there for me whenever I need him. We go back a ways. But it wasn't Brad has taken me completely under his wing, and this is the guy I work out with every day. Um, so I think there's some value in that in the short term. Uh, you've got them talking about Kuzma's habits and film watching and the things he learned from Rondo and LeBron. And if he can pass any of that down, of this is what I learned from these guys that won multiple championships. This is your, your practice habits, things like that. That's worth it to have one guy that's won a ring on the roster. And then if you move on from him at the deadline, like it's, it's just really like no harm, no foul to me, at least how I'm looking at it. Okay. I mean, I, I hear that to a degree. I mean, I know I remember Troy Brown, Thomas Bryant kept calling Bradley Beal a leader and saying that was their guy and they wanted their lockers next to Beal and Beal was great for them. So I buy that to a degree. We'll see, you know? <laughs> and just the, I think the fun part, like 
it's the game winner over Cleveland. It's the game winner against the Knicks the first time. It's the game winner against Dallas. It's the game winner against Charlotte. It's a game winner, well, game clincher. He's going to give you. He's going to give you a handful of those. Yeah, yeah, and and he may shoot you out of a game completely. I just yeah. I don't buy the like. Well, he we've he's made us too good. It hurts our draft stock now. Like, uh, I think if he's a net neutral over the course of the, like he's not a he's not a ceiling raiser to me. Um, no, I think he raises the floor a little bit. Like, yeah, I think when you and I talked last time, I thought Porzingis. The the problem with keeping Porzingis is he makes you a thirty five one team. Yeah. The problem with keeping Beal is he makes you a 35 win team. Right. That's not a problem with Kuzma here. You're probably still a 28, 29 win team. Okay. Whereas before this, you were probably a 25 to 26 win team. I don't think the difference, the delta is that much. To me, it's going to be like if I'm watching this team, you want to watch with a purpose. Uh, you know, I'm going to struggle a little bit on the bad nights when it's Pool, Kuzma, Shamit, Tyus, mm-hmm. if DeLon Wright's still here. That's going to be like, hey, what am I watching this for? You know, yeah. um, I'm going to struggle with that a little bit. Now, if Kuzma does like lead to some good habits, what you know, like it ultimately comes down to he says a lot of the right things. He's like, we got to be switchable, big wings. He always says good things. I heard Wall say a lot of good things for a lot of years, and Wall never played like what he said. Like right. he would say, I have to move without the ball. I need to do this. I need to give these guys the, the, the chance to have the ball in transition and me run the floor. It's not to the like, you know, and this was near the end kind of when Wall would like stand and like b- basically never move without the basketball mm-hmm. or, or pound the basketball into the ground in a certain spot. So not at the beginning of when he was younger, pre-injuries, healthier John Wall. So what I need from, from Kuz is you talk the leadership game, now back up the leadership game. Now actually take them under your wing but also your basketball habits have to match the words you're saying. Like you can't like it's it's fun. Like those game winners are fun. What's not fun is when you're like eight for 28 with eight turnovers. Like on those nights, show oh, that yeah. you could be show that you're a leader mm-hmm. and pass the ball to your teammates. And like on those nights when you're not going, find other ways to contribute and let a Corey Kispert kind of get going. Let a Denny Avdia or a Bilal or a Ryan Rollins or whoever's on the roster. Now, the other thing I wanted to ask you, like, would you prefer this or would you prefer them using that cap space to take a flyer on a guy on like a one-year deal perhaps instead? Like, is, which, is, which is the uh, – and this kind of goes back to, and I recall – and the reason I'm saying this is – I'm not comparing this to the 2016 free agency at all, but I remember one thing that Ernie said was he had to use – he felt like he was obligated to use the money versus just taking once they missed out on guys, just doing kind of one year deals. And I'm not comparing this to that at all, but at some point would they have been better off taking a stab on some young guys on some overpriced one or two years, two year deals to see if they caught lightning in a bottle. It's a good question, right? Like I, I think I like those kind of guys as like low risk. If, if it just doesn't work out, you move on from a year to cut them at the halfway point. It's not a big deal. Um, even if they do work out really well, you probably don't net a ton for them. But mm-hmm. I, I think there's a world where if some team loses their power forward and they're making a deep playoff run and they need a 20 point per game score or whatever, yeah, uh, they could play a couple different positions for them. Like you could get more from Kuzma. And I don't think that deal is going to scare anybody away, really. And maybe if you have to take a bad contract back in the process, they have to give you even more to do that. So right. I think it's it's higher reward. And I just don't see it as that much higher risk because I, I just I don't see a world yet where like they're saddled with this and this looks terrible two years from now. I could be very wrong about that piece. And maybe that's what I'm being naive about. But like it, to me, it's like it's probably at best like a net like a barely a net positive. And to me, I see it as like worst case and net neutral. Um, I, I don't think it's ever going to be. It's not going to be a negative like the like the Beal contract ended up being with a no trade clause or some of the other contracts we had. Could it be a net neutral where all we get for it are a couple second round picks in the future? Yeah, I be. think that's a very possible outcome. That in a couple of years, Kuzma's traded because now we've shifted to like a younger core. Now mm-hmm. some of these extensions. Now they want to extend a couple of their young players and right. Bilal's coming closer to his extension and you can't have Pool, Kuzma, all these extensions coming up. And then maybe at that point, you're. Tra- I, I could easily see that as an outcome where it's a couple second round picks. Ideally, I think the hope, fingers crossed, is that in February, 
Kuzma's on a contender and we get a good piece back. That's what you're hoping for, at least. You get more draft capital. If that works, if that happens, then kudos to them. They made the right move. Um, like, and it hopefully it didn't cost much or, in, or anything in terms of on the developmental side in that meantime. But kind of just a couple quick statistical things. And I'm not like deep on. Can, can, I, can I throw oh, one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, go ahead. Comment on that. I, I think to me, if I had to bet this time next year, he's probably not on the roster. That's how I'm looking at this. Um, yeah. And if he is, it's maybe because it is working out really nicely and maybe they're ahead of schedule. And that's great because that's probably his best case scenario for them on, on yeah. how he's playing specifically. Uh, but but if I had to bet, it's probably not him here. And if the worst thing they get for it is a couple seconds and maybe a, a young up and comer and a bad deal or whatever, I'm just not that hurt by it. I think. Yeah. Like to me, a situation I would have tried to get in. And I don't know how, if it's plausible at all. Like if I sure. could have, if we could have gone to the Knicks and said, hey, you know what, Obi Toppin, what do you want from him? If there was like a feasible trade there, that's the type of player in this situation I would have targeted a guy who might be on the cusp, sure. just needs his own situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's see what we do with uh, Kuzma. Maybe that is part of a Kuzma trade in the future. Like if Randall, we get Randall, and, you know, something like that in the future. Right. I just, it's the it's the long term, it's the four years. And it's also just kind of just the the lack of efficiency. Um, offensive win shares, he's, I think, fourth worst in the league from what someone posted a site. Well, not, not someone posted this DC Sports Buzz. Kuzma had a negative 1 0 offensive win shares last season, four, fourth worst in the entire NBA, NBA behind only Blake, Blake Wesley. And the guys around him, Killeen Hayes, Jaden Ivey, a rookie, Oladipo, Dylan Brooks. And the funny thing is when I see Dylan Brooks, I mean, I don't see this. It's like similar, just bad shot selection at the time. So like, that's part of the other, that's just kind of going back to the basketball part of it. You it's also hear thing. routinely from front offices though, that like Dylan Brooks is a total net positive in most of the things that they yeah. look at. So it's like, what are we actually looking at? I don't know. I don't pretend to be smart enough at those things to, to make a counter argument. Like he was not, he was a box score wonder last year, right? Like the counting stats were the things that people look right. at. They look nice. I, I I never once said, you know, I talked about this a lot. I never said like Kuzma for all-star. Like, yeah, I, I think I that think, was silly. The whole Kuzma all-star push was just silly. You know, it's like, no, yeah. he's not an all-star, you know, all-stars. Yeah. Don't struggle like eight, 19 shots, 21 points a game. You got to be better than that. I, I think a lot of that was just sort of team dysfunction. I think yeah. a lot of that was, Hey, I, I want my bag. Um, so I need to show yeah. you my bag and uh, I, I'm choosing to believe that that's a lot of it. And they've had it. I'm hoping that they've had enough conversations with him that they say, look, our priority here is to one, build the young guys. And two, if we win great, you know, if not, like maybe you're on the move somewhere here. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and that's just the hope. Like, I, I think, again, I think most of this based on their track record comes down to protecting the asset. I, I really think that that's the core of this piece. And if you can ancillary benefit from it along the way, that's great. I also think I would feel worse about this whole thing if they hadn't just pulled off the entire like Beal, Porzingis, like foisting situation too. Like if, yeah. if that had been a total shit show, which by the way, at different points throughout that, I went through the full range of emotions of like, this is looking not good. <laughs> like I'm losing yeah. my shit here. Um, at the end of the day, it's like, oh, okay, well they had a plan clearly and they've executed on it pretty well. I, I think that's like why, I have more peace with this. And if Tommy were doing it, I would probably be like losing my shit on the internet right now about like, this is the dumbest thing. Why are we doing this? I I just, I got to think that there's like, okay, they're pulling some strings here with something in mind. I'd hope so. I mean, yeah. Cause to me, I, I get, I get wizards, Twitter with the reaction. He's a guy who says he wants to be here. Seems like he wants to be, I mean, at least based on the market ended up here and it says all the right things. Uh, fun guy, like he has the game winners and all that kind of stuff. You got the fashion, all that. It's all fun. Like there's a lot of fun stuff that goes with Kuzma, adds some personality to the Mm -hmm. roster, which we don't have, you know, like he's the guy who's probably going to get introduced last next year, you know, like the, the first, the last in, in, and get the loudest ovation when he gets produced. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the guy now. And there is something to that, but you know, like when the, when the hope is, in six months, he's not here or in, in, or 18 months, he's not here. 
it's like okay like that's cool and all he's fun but you know we were finally on what looked like a direction you know and you know I don't know. Maybe we still are in a direction. I mean, I'm sure we still are in a direction. I'm not doubting what the front office's plan is. I think the direction is stockpile assets. Like, it's just stockpile assets. And I think they must see him as a way to do that. Yeah, they must. We'll see if if they end up being right on it, uh, you know. But, yeah, they must see it as that. (laughs) It's a little bit of... I can't imagine they view him as a long-term piece here. I I think the only two players, if I were betting, Bilal and Poole and the other rookie, Vucevic... I'm not even sure that they view you pool that way. Like there's a world where if they rehab his value and it's something so crazy and the other guys are still a ways away, did they flip him for the next young distressed guy? Like, I'm not saying that that's their goal. I'm just saying that I wouldn't rule that out. Like, I think these guys are going to look at this from like a shrewd perspective. Young enough, you know, and that's what, look, I don't know either. Like if they could get a, if they get a haul for him, great. You know? Yeah. Um, Jordan Poole, let me see how old is he? He's 24, 24. years old and he's already, he just turned 24. So this right. is going to be his age 24 season. Um, still young in the league, kind of that. And if you look at Dawkins, he just came in a situation where they got SGA mm-hmm. and SGA has been fantastic over there. Right. So I think they're viewing this as probably similar to how SGA was viewed in Oklahoma city. Like, does he work on their timeline? Or are they going to have to flip him? Cause there've always been rumors about, SGA like, hey, should Oklahoma Oklahoma City move him now? But it seems like the other guys have come along so quickly that now his contract makes sense and their timelines align. So that's, that's where I'm at. That's where I was going with pool. Like if, yeah. if they need to kick the can down the road again, I don't think they'll be no. sentimental about that. No, they yeah, I can't see that. If if their timeline doesn't look like it matches Pool's timeline, they'll just move on. If it does, you have a lead guard potentially for 30 million a year, which is fine. How much of this, like, we have an owner here that no matter what he says, he's still the bang my fist on the table, we will never, ever tank guy. Do you think that they're like, Kuzma helps us win games now, and we want to try to make a play-in next year? Like, do you think that there's any world where that's what's driving this move? I don't think they want to make the play-in next year. So Dawkins was also in Oklahoma City where SGA and Al Horford were basically leading the charge to the play-in, yeah. and they shut both pretty much both down. Al Horford basically was completely shut down. Mm-hmm. At the All Star break, right? Yeah, Done. yeah. So I can't imagine a scenario like after the All Star break, if we're like in that seven, six to nine lottery range, I could see them saying, "Okay, you made your All Star push, Kuz. Take the rest of the season off. Now it's time. It's lottery time. It's time to see the guys. It's time for Bilal to play thirty minutes a game for the last thirty games. It's time to find out what we have. You've done a great job. Go take a seat the rest of the season." Yeah, I'm with you there. And I think that's why like some of the people that reacted like, oh, no, we, we blew up our tank. We're not aren't we tanking anymore. Like, I, I just. OK, cool. Like, I, I think it's a Utah situation, right? If we play too well, we just scale everybody back. And I think they played even better than they thought they could have played. Yeah. Uh, and it probably hurt them, which why they ended up where they ended up. But maybe you get around to that a little too late. Hopefully our guys are a little more prudent about when to like call it quits on on that contract piece. Yeah, like Portland was proactive. They tried to make the playoffs, make the play-in. They, and they abruptly, and they hit a hard tank all of a sudden. And they were able to uh, to get to where they got to. So I think timing is important with that. Don't get tempted by the play-in. I mean, that would be absolutely worst case if they if Poole and Kuz has a hot streak in like December and Poole has kind of like levels up. Don't get tempted. That just still stick to the plan and shut it down around the All-Star break. If Kuz goes on a heater like that, uh, where he's like winning them games by himself, that's when you trade him at his highest yeah. possible value. That's not when you say, oh, he's a part of our long term here. He's still 28, doesn't align with anyone else. Yeah. That's just basically going back to what we just got out of. So, yeah, that's when you instead of fi- instead of and that's where you learn. And, and this conversation could happen if, if Kuz has is on a heater in like December yeah. and he finally becomes trade eligible, I think, December around end of around end of December. Right. Mm-hmm. If. He is on a heater at that point. Don't say, well, why don't we just keep him because he's 28? Because we all complain that we traded Brad too late. We yeah. complain that we traded Porzingis too late. We actually complain that we didn't trade, Kuz- we didn't trade Kuzma on time. Yeah. So don't fall back into the same, the same, like, yeah, into the same trap. This is, that's the trap. If Kuzma plays well and all of a sudden you think we should keep him, that is the trap. <laughs> If you want to say those things to try to drive some kind of leverage or whatever, I'm cool with it. Just don't mean those things. Uh, yeah. Like that's that's hopefully the case. And, and hopefully new front office, new day, 
all that stuff. I guess, what do you see the like starting lineup being on opening night here, given given this pickup? This could be the interesting one. Kispert played well at the end of the season after Kuzma got shut down and yeah. Beal. That's when uh, Kispert, I posted this earlier, he went from about 10 points a game on eight field goal attempts. I might be off by like at one or two here. Mm-hmm. Then he went to 13 field goal attempts per game and 18 points per game. Yeah. Um, so does he start at the three or does Danny start at the three? Sorry, let me take a step back. The backcourt, I think, will be Tyus and Poole. Who's about the four or one of the forward spots? Mm-hmm. Gafford at center. So the question is, who's your other forward? Is it yeah. Corey or is it Denny? I don't think in any. I don't think in any scenario is it Bilal at the beginning of the season. Um, so is it is it Corey or Denny? I think based on how bad Tyus and Poole might be as a defensive backcourt, I think Denny makes sense. And Denny's the one you got to find out about ASAP because yeah. he's the one who is contracts who's a restricted free agent at the end of the season. So you have to make up your mind by the trade deadline what you're going to do with him, right? Yeah. Um, Corda, you still have two years left before uh, before he's a restricted free agent, and I think most people see that he's probably a sixth to sixth to seventh man long term. Now, it may have been interesting to see if there was any more scoring juice, more scoring versus shooting versatility, those type of things. But I just think a Corey Poole, Tyus perimeter defense. It's pretty, pretty shitty. Yeah, you and I are going for twenty. <laughs> I mean, look, if Kuz went up against that trio, man, if he settled against for fadeaways against that trio, you know, that would not be ideal. Uh, it's funny, like, I guess I just didn't watch Memphis enough in those Tyus Jones games. It was always like, oh, Memphis still did really well while John Morant was out. Uh, so I didn't actually know he was a bad defender. I was like, yeah, he's a little small, but maybe he's like a pesky kind of guy but it's still a small backcourt even if he yeah. is better than i think he is or worse than i think he is either way it's still not a lot of size so i think i would go denny for that reason but also i think what you hit on is is a really good way to look at this too where it's just yeah you got to figure out what to do with him so can he fit in around these other pieces and be like a nice ancillary option for them and a playmaker and, and do the dirty work and you know, you, you lose a little height by not having Porzingis. Can Denny compliment for that? Compliment for that for you. And he's yeah. been a pretty good rebounder for stretches. Um, so I would start him also just maybe he looks good enough too that you're like, okay, he's not in a long-term plans. He's not a hyper athletic multi-positional guy. So we want him out of here anyway. And by starting yeah. him, if he looks good, maybe Cleveland or somebody wants to give you a second round pick for him. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if you don't start Denny, Will and Clay are going to be devastated. Which uh, you know, I'm trying to build. Yeah, you know, like you don't want you don't want to see that happen to them. So, That's so right. they deserve so, nice um, things. Yes. Now, I think if I were completely drawing from scratch, what an interesting lineup would be is Matthias off the bench. Mm-hmm. Tell him you're still going to get your 30 minutes a game, 25 to 30 mm-hmm. off the bench. Although I'm sure he's viewing this as his chance to run a team, mm-hmm. and then go Corey next to. Pool on the backcourt potentially, mm-hmm. and then have Denny at the three. That could be for our purposes to see our picks. I think that's the best way to go. Yeah. I don't know if our this current front office gives a shit about Tommy's picks though. If I were wanting to win games, I think I would actually go Delon, Jordan Poole, man, eh, maybe Kispert, Kuzma, Gafford as my starting five, yeah. and then. The other benefit of that is if Delon looks really good and somebody needs a point of attack defender or whatever, maybe that that's like the thing that triggers somebody making you a sweeter deal for him. And then you can put Tyus Jones in there. But I think you also just made a really good point that he's been really good about back, you know, good with backups. He's played with other young guys on that uh, that Memphis team. So so maybe he's a well suited guy to kind of bring these other young guys along nicely. Off yeah. The yeah. And I don't give two shits about Landry Shamit, by the way. Like, oh, what if Landry, you know, doesn't want to come off the bench next to Kispert? Like, he can get fucked. No offense. I'm really going to go, like, lose my mind if, if like, opening night, it's, like, Poole, Tyus, Shamit, Kuzma, DeLon Wright. If those those guys are, like, our top five-minute getters, yeah. basically it's going to be like, hey, call me back in February because what the fuck is the point? <laughs> Yeah, and and by the way, Landry Shaman, if you or any of your friends are listening to this, I don't mean get effed, actually. It's just yeah, if you're complaining about minutes or role or doing the Marcus Morris, we're like, they're not giving me what I need. 
like that's when it's like really buddy you gotta yeah. like read the and actually that's something that they need to be mindful of because monte um monte hasn't been traded yet so as of now monte isn't expiring so he's in a contract year Delon's right. in a contract year shaman's in a contract year tyus jones is in contract year and um, as we're recording this, by the way, Monte Morris is being traded to the Detroit Pistons per Shams. So I guess that probably oh. happened during their live show. So we have one less guard to worry about. I right, wait. So what do we get? Seconds, right? <laughs> probably would be a second. More and more seconds. Eventually, it will just be called the Wizards round of the draft. A pick swap coming. Who said a pick swap? No, it's uh, not a pick swap. That's just someone speculating. That would All be right, let's a see. depressing. Uh, Monte. Personally. Ooh. Someone said Killian Hayes question mark. There's no way they gave us Killian Hayes. I would love it. I would actually like that. <laughs> that that's the actually. Kind of you know what, Troy Weaver? Maybe I don't know what the hell Troy Weaver's doing. But uh, Monte is from Michigan, right? So oh yeah, Monte is from Michigan. Send yeah. him back home. You know, I don't know. Yeah. All right. So now the question is, what happens with Delon? And right. okay, so one one off my list. So now Shamit Delon. Tyus and Denny are in contract years. Am I missing anyone? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think that's it. But those are also four on ball players, right? Yeah. Denny's on ball. The three guards are on. So four, three guards and Denny, all contract years. So, you know, something to maybe consider getting ahead of. Moving one more guy could still be beneficial because. Do you really want vets on one-year deals kind of angling for the next contracts? I don't, I don't necessarily. We've seen this kind of go south before. It would be nice to kind of just get ahead of a situation like that. <coughs> we, we, we tweeted about this a little bit back and forth, but we've not talked about this directly with each other. I think Delon is still the guy that I wouldn't mind keeping of like the existing veteran guys because one, everybody talks about his approach being good and two, he's just the defensive minded guy. So maybe there's some accountability for these other young guys that come with that. Like you're not going to fit in here if you aren't willing to like strap people up. And and Monte is a great backup point guard. He's going to be awesome for them. And, and if they're going to try to win now this year, like I think he's a really good fit there next to some yeah. of the dudes they have. But to me, like if you are going to keep... Um, any of the backup point guards that were around Delon's actually the one that makes sense to me. Now, if you can get anything for him at the deadline, great, but I wouldn't be trading him for like cash considerations just to get yeah, him out of here. I'd, or agree, with that. I'd agree with that. I mean, hopefully you can get, you can get something for him. Detroit, Monte going to Detroit, Miami losing certain, some players. I wonder if maybe Delon's a fit in Miami and if you get anything from there. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I think you know it's probably pretty equivalent to all the depots, I would think, money wise, maybe something. Yeah, like so that. if they could give you some draft incentive, yeah. give to, us give us Jovic and Depot, and we'll call it there. You know, I've always been an Omar Youth Seven guy, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, <same. laughs> so like, yeah, something like that, I don't mind. It's yeah, it's just gonna bother me if I'm seeing Shamit Morris. I'm just telling you, like, I can't help it. It's gonna bother me. If I see Shamit, uh not Morris, Shamit. Delon Wright, um, Tyus, Cool playing all the backcourt minutes. So you'll yeah. bug the shit out of me, you know? I just desperately need them to tell us exactly what we got for this Monte piece. Like, that's that was sort of the domino I think I was most waiting for here. It was just like, all right, you have to get one of these dudes out and get them out now because yeah, it's just something. And I'm assuming we're not taking a player back for him. That's probably my guess here. And, and that's actually good from a roster spot perspective. Like Vuksovic should be on this roster this year. Whether he plays or not, whether he's assigned to the go-go a lot, don't actually mm-hmm. care. But I think you want him here with your player development people in your building, learning your system. And yeah, I mean, look, we only start. have well, how many centers do we just have Gafford? It's pretty much just Gafford. Maybe you see small ball five Kuzma at this year, at some <laughs> point this year. Like honestly, or Denny. I still think like perfect version of Denny is in a crazy small lineup where he's just going at fives. And if he gets torched on offense. Like, who's posting him up anyway? Like, you're not going to do it against Embiid, and you would probably get cooked anyway. So <laughs> what does it really matter? Um, now, here's the thing. If you trade DeLon, that title belt's never going to go anywhere. Do they even bring the title belt out next year? I hope not. Like, 24 games? They're going to win 24 games. Their wins are going to be when they pull off a win 140 to 135. Not because someone strapped up and played defense. I will take them all out for ice cream every game they lose this year, especially if the young guys get uh, 25 minutes. I think that's a more valuable use of our time and resources than the the defense belt. 
Yeah, and more honesty now that Beal's gone. It was such bullshit when any of those guys gave Beal the defensive belt after a game. And I was like, hey, you don't have to kiss his ass. Like, he already signed the contract. Stop. <laughs> you know, like, he's not he's not writing you a contract. Like, you know, so those, but like, it was just, it was such horseshit. Yeah, he can no longer trade you. It's okay. It's a safe space. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it's a future second round pick is all that's being sort a of. A future second round pick. Yeah, put out into the ether uh, at My this point God. in time. Yeah. So. That was a fantastic trade. I'm sure KCP, I'm sure, I'm sure Denver would trade KCP for a future second round pick. You'd have to have to attach more picks (laughs) to trade Delon or to trade Will Barton at this point, unfortunately. Oh my God. Yeah. This is like more, more just cementing Tommy's legacy. Can they ask what Tommy was on NBA TV, right? They should have him back on and say, Hey, what's up with the, what do you think about this Monte Morris trade? I think if I were some just ambitious young producer, I would have him on and then just be like, psych bitch, now defend yourself. Like, just explain your <laughs> rationale for the last couple of years. Uh, that whole agenda, we didn't mean it. Like, we're tearing the rundown up. Just just tell us why you did the things that you did. Like, why did, yeah, it would be nice. I mean, I know they're not. They probably talked about ahead of time and had new one was on and off limits. It'd be so like if someone just said, hey, so seriously, a fucking no trade clause? Are you serious? Right. And like, and just see his reaction. I mean, he would have probably like, you know, like gone like ten times as like angry as he did against Craig Hoffman, you know. But it would have been, it would have been fun to see. That's TV. Then people tune in. You know, it's all about salesmanship. Skip Bayless knows what he's doing. I, honestly, man, I think we need to give ESPN some tips. Making Kendrick Perkins like your number one basketball analyst is a decision I will never personally be able to understand. I didn't mind some of the people who, sure. you know, you don't want to celebrate people losing their jobs, but some yeah. of them. It's like you had a good run. You had a good run. And I, you know, their shows were terrible. Kendrick Perkins, this makes no sense. Um, I heard Doc Rivers is in play to take Van Gundy's spot. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get that one either. You know, so it's like he said a cool things on the bill, few entertaining things on the Bill Simmons podcast. And one person over there is still friends with Simmons. And that's literally probably the only hookup that that'll lead to that. I like Van Gundy, you know? Hey, I'd bring him over here if you'd telecast our games. It's funny, like I didn't I, I their broadcasts didn't appeal to me that much, the two of them together, because I, I don't really like Mark Jackson that much at the banter, it just didn't do it for me. But I think he's yeah. so good in studio, on podcasts, like in every other format except calling the game next to Mark Jackson. So mm-hmm. um keeping I think Mark Jackson stayed, right? Like that's a interesting stylistic choice to me yeah they kept mark jackson who got drier and drier every year i thought like yeah, he had a little know less about the league yeah yeah but lenny was just like even when he said hand down man down it was like he was forced at gunpoint to be saying it. <laughs> <laughs> it's contractually obligated to get in three per game probably <laughs> no offense mark jackson but all the offense intended yeah you seem like you kind of suck so yeah. <laughs> um all right last one i got for you here i already kept you longer than i meant to does it make sense to keep like the Anthony Gills of the world at this point? Do you try to bring no, a <laughs> no, no, you, you look, everyone on Twitter was Kyle Kuzma's a leader. We got to keep him because he's a leader. Right. And you don't fucking need Anthony Gill anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's like, why do you need it? Like, I know, look, as a teammate, it'd probably be awesome. I had a shitty shift. I like missed 10 shots and then Anthony Gill's there to greet me on the I way off the court. Can we I, get the I would appreciate that. Yeah. But it's like the funniest thing about Anthony Gill's at the end of the season when he started playing, he started like just kind of hogging the ball when he got it. Yeah, he's trying <laughs> to keep that contract, man. Put up the numbers. Yeah. So I was like, look, if I'm it, Xavier Cooks is kind of like the, you know, the new front office is like, why are you here? I, it was like a parting I'm gift from Tommy Shepard. But yeah, but I'd rather give him, you know, at least there's a bit of an unknown thing there versus the Anthony Gill known. Having both of them on the roster is just like burning two spots. Yeah. Keep Cooks, I guess. Like, you know, find Gill a home, let him go mentor somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why you have Kuzma. Like, and you still have Gallinari. So. Right. I, I, yeah. assume, I got to assume this move means he's getting bought out. Like there's no word report today that like he wanted, he didn't really want to buy out yet. And he might want to play up his value, Tough which shit. from his perspective, probably try to make more sense. It's Agreed. like right now he'd have to sign a vet min somewhere, you know, training camp. I, would, deal, or, yeah, I would send his ass home or me. Sorry yeah, about it. Over here, he gets his 6 million. He doesn't have to give any back. 
he'll probably play 15 to 20 minutes a game because Wes is Wes may be in job preservation mode and and um and then you could get traded at the deadline. He may be something that actually someone that actually could get you another second round future second round pick in the future. So like maybe that's the situation. But then so you're already three deep there, and I didn't even mention Patrick Baldwin. Yeah. When I, and the more I think about the Patrick Baldwin element, it's like he probably again, spends a lot of time with the go-go this year. I would think. I think it may have just preferred keeping the 35th pick and stashing someone. Well, you know, so they traded um, Baldwin for the 57th pick. The 57th pick. The 35th pick is the one they absolutely should have kept because it was multiple players that they could have yeah. really used. No, uh, it, that and, was and the future seconds one. And that's what I meant. I would rather have that roster spot there have kept the yeah. 35th. Pick oh yes, agreed. 100%. Versus I. So everyone's like, "Oh, we got Baldwin." It's like, oh, I was like, I would I would have much rather that 35 on a new four year rookie deal. And let them develop versus this guy who's kind of be just going to be eating space on our bench, and I doubt is ever going to get into the game now, especially with Kuzma back. You know, right? I think that's the question. Like, where's the world where he's not just like sort of similar to Vucevic? They're just like tall guys that shoot threes and don't. Yeah, do a whole lot. Of yeah, that 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 part of that piece of the Warriors trade is looking a little worse and worse to me. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's fine. Like, maybe he. Um, you know, he comes back and he looks really good. I don't know. I, I don't totally get it. I, I would have, I would bet he spends most of his season with the go-go though. If, mm-hmm. I, if I had to guess him and Rollins both, which I actually like Rollins more than I like. Um, Somebody has just tweeted, not about wizards, but the Pacers have traded for Obi Toppin. I'm going to be very curious to see what they traded. Duarte? Is that, did that Duarte? No, Duarte went to the Kings. Oh, well, that's earlier. right. Yeah. I missed. So I'm going to be curious to see what went there because that is someone that I would have, that's someone to me is perfect in a situation here. That's because he's he's going to give you. I, I don't think Top is going to have any issue scoring when, if he gets more minutes. You know, yeah. so let's see what happens there. Uh, Pistons are trading a future second for Morris. Gives Detroit there. Yeah, that's James Edwards. No other updates from there. No idea when the future second is from. Um, Fast Reconomics Ukber has said that they, the Wizards should hire Tommy as a trade consultant. I don't think he's very happy with. With with what the Wizards are getting back on a lot of these trades, uh, um, yeah, there's Monte now that he's on the broadcast too. And I, that's I think the Monte thing is, I don't blame them for what they got back because the pool, yeah. who the pool Chris Paul thing were those parts were moving too fast yep. for them to preemptively or proactively trade Morris ahead of that because everything unfolded so quickly. Yeah, just just so I don't know on. what they could have done. And by then, teams know how many point guards we have, and they know that we have to get off them. Honestly, the way they've used their second round picks is mostly smart. I mean, like if you're going to keep using it to move up two, three spots in the draft every time, and I, don't, I mean, they did it one spot this time, but if three second round picks get you up two spots next year, even like that kind of shit is worth it to me. So I'm, yeah, if that's all Monte gets you is like I said, one pick better next year, I think that's even worth it. Yep. Uh, uh, Patrick Baldwin, maybe that's another reason you keep a Kuzma. Like that's the best version of Patrick Baldwin is that kind of player. So maybe, maybe picks up some of those things. I don't know, but it's like, yeah, this it's a log jam at the four now. Also, yeah. So um, they'll have to kind of, you know, and then they still need a five, at least one five, maybe two five. So there's more, uh, there's more stuff to be done. Obviously, Taj Gibson, we're bringing him back on a vet minimum, baby. Oh, yeah, Here he comes, Gibson. starting center many, next year. Jeez, how many leaders? All these, all these leaders. It's amazing. <laughs> I think they could still play, you know. I mean, there were times that they, he was in the rotation ahead of Gafford next year. So maybe if you're Wes Unsult, maybe you actually prefer that. I don't know who the next old guy they can get. Is Robin Lopez a free agent right now? Can we bring Robin, Robin Lopez back? He can teach him about anime, which is apparently a thing I love very passionately. I didn't realize I talked about anime a lot on this show, but it, maybe it's happened at some point. So there we go. Yeah. Robin that's, Lopez and all you know, that. I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. Like, who, who's who? Are you who's going at you? I don't even know anymore, man. It's just, uh, it's just would he? Much. Would that guy enjoy if I talk about Transformers: Rise of the Beast? Because I saw that last night. What would did that, you think? Would, right, that, would can, that bother can, him? Can we can we do two minutes on this? Uh, like, I, I so my formative years as a child again because all I talk about is cartoons. Uh, was Transformers: Beast Wars? That is like the yeah. OG favorite cartoon for my from my youth. So I fucking love that movie. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was. So much better than some of the more recent Transformers. Yeah, it had a more serious tone. I like the end. Optimus still ripped off someone's head. Which um, is all you need. That's a requirement in every movie. Oh yeah, and they didn't like sure like you know some people died in the movie. You know, 
they didn't do like everyone just survives and um you know unicron i'm always wanting unicron to transform like the old cartoon sure. movie yeah. but i don't know how in a live action movie you could actually pull that off because how, how are you gonna fight a planet you know <laughs> right. so i get it i get it you know that's just me being greedy i don't know how to really handle that one um how they would handle that one but i i liked it i thought the action was good the soundtrack was fantastic you know oh yeah it was it was, just, it was just a good movie it was just a good like if you haven't seen it forget about the other transformers forget about michael bay just go watch it it's a good movie you know pete davidson sneaky good in it too yeah uh, give him credit for that uh like a lot of voice acting really good i have not seen any movies and i have this amc movie pass thing where for 20 bucks a month you can go to basically three movies a week and hadn't seen shit. And I just literally took a sick day and went and saw Transformers into the Spider or across the Spider Verse and the Flash literally on the same day. You saw all three. It was what? it was like literally oh, um like like teenage me's like wet dream. To be honest with you, <laughs> I haven't gone in a while, so I was thrilled. I got my Reese's pieces. Which there you go. My, I have to have Reese's pieces when I go to the movies. So I saw that. I've seen Spider Verse. I do have to still see the Flash and Mission Impossible. Then I'll be yeah. cool. Yeah. Then I'll chill. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Totally get, uh, totally agree. I think that's probably a good place for us to cut this because now you know, um, <laughs> people are still listening uh, and we're not allowed to talk about anything other than the Wizards. They've probably now tuned out. So yeah, uh, that's my big takeaway from tonight because it's all I'm allowed to talk about. So anyway, um, Oz, any final thoughts on anything Kuzma related, Wizards related, anything else you're really looking forward to seeing from them uh, with the rest of this free agency? Process? I still want them to take a flyer on some higher upside talents. Mm. Like an Obi Toppin would have been a perfect type of target. I get people going to say, what about Patrick Baldwin? What about Ryan Rollins? To me, those guys fall in the Mo Wagner bucket. You know, the Jerome Robinson, the Chandler Hutchinson. I like Rollins a little bit more than that personally, but I, all right. I, I get what but you're saying. But they're in that bucket. You know, yeah, they're not I someone mean, that you're really invested in. Sure. It's a margin move. And if, if it they works, work out, it great. Works out. Yeah. yeah. I like go get someone that is kind of like either on the cusp or that's kind of been like blocked for playing time. That's what this situation should be about. You know, that's what this, you know, that's what I want to see. Don't just say, Oh, we already have enough guys. We're going to, we have to look at. You may not because you already, you just signed back a vet. So maybe you don't think that much of those guys. So you'll get someone that you do want to take a better look at. You know, there's gotta be some player out there. You know, there's, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That's where I am with it. Like, you know, Find someone else, like a young vet, uh, like a, a player at the near the end of their rookie deal, mm-hmm. that's worth taking a look at, and worth investing. Invest a little bit. Inve- How many second round picks can you have? You don't need every goddamn second round pick in the in like for the rest of this decade. Yeah. Paid a couple of them out. Go get a Trey Man if you like a tra- if if um if Dawkins still likes Trey Man. Boston or one of those. Yeah, go get a BJ Boston from the clip. You know, go get some of these guys. Go like you know and just give someone like that a look in the season because that's what this season should be about. It's not about Landry fucking Shamit. So, this has been an anti-Landry Shamit podcast. I'm sorry, Landry. Yeah. Uh, hitching all the strays here tonight, but I couldn't agree with you, you know. more. The yeah. one I wrote up for Bolts Forever, and I think I put this in our in our chat too, was just Darius Baisley made a lot of sense to me. Like yeah. a four, super athletic and switchable, and a guy that Will Dawkins drafted. Like, I don't know if he signed anywhere else since then, but that's the kind of dude I would have been looking to add with my free agency spots if it were me. And maybe if you can make another move in the meantime, it gives you some flexibility to still do that. Yeah, it still need, moves me to be made. Uh, 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 moves need to be made because in a rebuild, even if you want to be like Houston Rockets type bad, you don't need an Xavier Cooks, Anthony Gill. I'm not saying all these guys, but you don't. You have redundancies. You have Cooks. Just cooks. Just move you on. Have, like, let him yeah. go back to the NBL and thrive. And have you fun. have, uh, you have, you still have Delon right there, and he's going to be in a contract year. But he's and you have Shamit. So like, you know, like, look, Johnny Davis may suck, but let's just see if he sucks. You know, I honestly um, I forgot about him existing until this moment. We talked about this whole yeah. rotation. I and you, may, and look, you may need to open up shooting guard minutes for Corey Kispert. So let's just see. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't need to see if you wanted to have a baseline so these guys know how to play. You now have that with Tyus, Poole, and Kuzma. Right. Yep. You don't need any more though, any more vets like who are just basically going to showcase themselves. Kendrick Dunn said it when he got here last year. He said, "I am showcasing myself." He said the word "showcase" in the first interview, and they fucking let him showcase himself. How dumb can you be? Anyways, that's it. I think we, I think we need to bring we need to bring him back uh, as a veteran mentor. All right. Yeah, we need more mentors. You know, definitely for sure. Yeah the most joyless looking player I've ever seen. Like, (laughs)
There's some off-court stuff there too that we don't need to talk about, but I'm, I'm okay uh, with him not being a wizard anymore. Last name, yeah, Sandro sure. Mamakelashvili that went to Seton Hall. Big six foot ten guy who could dribble and presumably shoot, even though he didn't shoot that well this year. If he need a center, I'd look at a guy like that on a on a minimum or something. I'm still team Omar Youth Seven. Uh yeah, NC State and Georgetown legend. I love that. All right, great place to end it. Oz, appreciate your perspective as always, man. Um, it's just nice to be able to disagree and talk through it peacefully and not have to name call each other and shit like that. So thank yeah. you for allowing me to kind of work through the the thoughts there. Um, so that was cool. Uh Everybody, you know the deal. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We're presented by betonline.ag, and we will catch you all next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube